Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And this podcast is where where I talk about all things kindergarten. I share my thoughts, my ideas, my learnings around different topics. Uh, this week's episode is a special one. I have Amy uh, on from Under Trois Petits Pas. She's going to share her knowledge around second language learning, French learning from infants to kindergarten age students and how she involves families in that learning and how she brings music to that learning. I loved everything that we got to talk about during our recording together. I could have talked about each individual subject for a whole podcast episode. She was fantastic. She has so much knowledge that she um, came on to share with us. And so I really hope that you enjoy this week's episode and make sure you go over to Instagram and you follow her. I will link that all in the show notes for you so you can make sure that you find her. Just a little bit of a note. I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but I am slightly sick. Um, I have some kind of nasal congestion sore throat cold thing going on so if my voice isn't at its like optimal you know why but I was really excited to record this podcast with Amy so we went ahead and it was definitely definitely worth it because we had so much fun and we got to talk about so many different things so enjoy this week's podcast episode Hi, Amy, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have Amy here from Ardeur Trois Petits Pas, and I'm really excited to have you on as a podcast guest this week. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Can you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself before we get started on this week's podcast episode? For, for sure. So hello, everybody. Bonjour. Um, my name is Amy or Madame Amy, as I am probably more well known. So I started Under Trois Petits Pas actually during my maternity leave with my firstborn son. Um, uh, prior to that, I was a French, a French immersion teacher, grade three French immersion. And um, when I went on mat leave, I knew that I wanted to raise my son to be bilingual. And so I did all this research about, okay, how can you introduce um, the a second language as easily as possible in the most fun ways? And I did, I kind of put together this whole package for myself. And then I was like, hey, I wonder if other parents in the area would be interested in a little workshop. So originally it started out as just a little um, introducing French to your baby workshop. And it kind of blew up from there. And I had requests for, you know, weekly classes. And then I had to expand to include older ages. So now I teach French to parents and their children ages zero to seven years. And my goal is to make it as fun as possible so that the participants don't really feel like they've signed up for a French lesson. They feel like it's more of a hobby for them to do as a family. And the way that I do that is through music and movement and laughter and trying to make everything kind of gamified so that they feel like they've they've joined kind of like a, a little family activity together. And I am really, really happy to say that actually with COVID, it all kind of turned virtual. So it used to be in person and then it went virtual. And that was kind of a blessing in disguise for me in the way that I got to help that many more families. So it expanded beyond Ottawa, where I'm, I'm from. 
Um, and now I've got families from all over, um, mostly in Canada, but still there's some in the States, there's some in other countries as well. So it's been really, really cool to be able to support that many more families. And now under 25 is actually primarily virtual French classes for families. Um, and then I've also got a few workshops for educators and in how they could use my style of teaching with music and movement. Oh, I love that. I love everything about that. I grew up <laughs> in Quebec. Oh, cool. I learned French growing up, but it was I'm not going to say a horrendous experience, but it wasn't like it didn't, it wasn't as fun as you're making it out to be. Um, I wish I had learned French through music and movement. That would have been a lot more fun than um, the way I was taught French. Oh, that's a lot of the same experiences that I've heard from a lot of parents. Um, it's funny because oftentimes they've had these not so fun experiences with their own French learning and then they have children and all of a sudden they're like oh shoot I wish I kept my French because I could help them that much more and then they try and get back into it and so that's kind of what under toi petit pas is all about is really helping with that transition and ensuring that parents no matter their level of French no matter their prior experience with French are able to now learn with their child and have fun with it. I love that the parent involvement is such a huge piece of that. So many times I'm not in a French immersion school, but there was a French immersion school attached to my school when I first started there. And so many times parents were worried about sending their kids to French immersion because they were saying like, oh, I don't know French. So how am I ever going to help my child learn mm -hmm. French if I don't know it? Yeah, that's, it's funny because that is often the concern, but what I like to remind parents with regards to that is that French immersion, the program is actually geared towards families who are English speaking and are hoping to raise bilingual children. And so the program was actually made for, for them. So they don't really have anything to worry about. Um, it's when you have French, like Francophone schools, that that becomes a little bit more of a concern with communication between the school and the staff and whatnot. But um, French immersion, usually I like to just prepare parents that they are one of very many who will likely be entering with only English. And then the hope is that they, they come out a lot more bilingual than they started. Yeah, that's always the reassurance I give parents as well. It's just like, don't worry about it. They have tons of English speaking families. You'll be fine. <laughs> don't worry. If that's where you feel like your child uh, should go to school, then don't let that hold you back because mm -hmm. the second I love having a second language. And so I know it's always like an asset um, for st my students, especially like sometimes it's their third or maybe even fourth language that they're learning. Like there's so many trilingual oh, students that it's I teach. Amazing. Languages are so cool. And there's so much, honestly, I could go on forever about that. Just alone is like <laughs> the benefits of introducing another language to your child beyond just the fact that obviously they can now speak a different language is there's so many cognitive benefits, but also, um, the, they just are so much more understanding of human beings, I find, because they hear another language being spoken and and often they're very intrigued, like, oh, what language are they speaking? And it just makes, uh, you know, just awesome little citizens. Yeah, and it, it I'm like assuming, I don't know the actual brain science, but I can just imagine all the synapses and things that are forming in their brains when they're learning a new language and like, yeah, that cognitive development that comes along with that. Um, as an adult, trying to learn another language is not the same. So having those neural pathways already built in like young children's brains can have so many benefits. 
That's exactly why I started Un Autre Petit Pas um, with age, like infancy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because the your brain is never going to learn a language faster than when you are just born. Like that's its primary job really is to is to learn languages. And we are little le language learning experts between the ages of zero and four. They actually say that your brain becomes an expert in whatever language you have been um exposed to and so the more languages you are exposed to the earlier on in life the easier it's going to be for you to actually go off and learn um languages just in general and so it's been cool because i've got two children of my own one is five and a half and the other one is 11 months old and i only speak french with them um so my first language is actually english and i learned french in school and then i wanted for my children to just learn it right off the bat and so i speak only french to both of them my five and a half year old is like very bilingual now it's really cool to see he was kind of like my guinea pig <laughs> i was like hopefully this works this is what i'm teaching other people to do i am glad to say it does work um he's very very bilingual if i'd say he's more so french first which is really cool to see um and then in in his class he's like one of the well, he speaks French as his first language, which is quite rare, actually, from um, Ottawa. So I'm really happy to see how how they just pick it up. It's crazy. And it does like at first they might get the languages confused, but it's like it just sorts themselves itself out. It's like their brain. Well, their brain is like wired to learn language. That's where, where they are at. So it just like it sorts itself out so nicely in their brains and it just yeah. yeah like there used to be a, like a school of thought and I don't know how prevalent it was that like it'll just confuse kids' brains if you're trying to teach them too many languages at once and like that's truly like not even the case at all for yeah. these kids. yeah you're right they used to say like oh it'll cause delays but then they actually the most recent they've they've really dove into that and they've recognized that oh that's not true at all mm -hmm. um children learn language in such a different way like us as adults we're trying to organize things right when we're trying to learn new things we think okay we only have to do this at this time or we'll get confused but like they say children are sponges and they really do they just soak it all up it's what they it's their primary job it's not like if you were to say oh, that's a chair. And then later you say in chaise, their, their brain's going to go, oh, forget the first word that you taught me. I'm only going to remember the second, right? Like they just, they're taking it all in. Um, and they really start to learn the differences in, in tonalities um, because languages sound quite different. And so I think it was about age two that my son started to recognize like, oh, okay, they are speaking French, I will speak French to them. Oh, they're speaking English, I'll speak English to them. And it was just such a natural thing because they're just built for it. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, that must be awesome to see it, especially from such a young age, because French immersion here um, in my school, anyways, only starts um, in first grade. So they're like six years old by the time they start learning French and already like I'm not saying don't put your kid in French immersion if they're six, but already that's like at the tail end of where that oral language skills and even the different ways to pronounce things like you, your brain starts to learn how to pronounce things and there's certain languages that I can't pronounce certain sounds from because my brain hasn't developed that ability. And so yeah, at the young, young age, it's awesome to like just start it right from the beginning. 
Yeah, you've got it exactly right. It's it's actually before the age of four that like, if you've heard those language specific sounds, you're much more likely to be able to pronounce them properly. And then after the age of four, you are probably always going to have some kind of accent when you're speaking another a language that you learn after that. Um, obviously, it's not in every case, but it is much more likely that you're going to have a more native accent if you are exposed to the language prior to age four. Um, and it's actually funny you mentioned about the um, French immersion starting in grade one where you are. Um, so here it actually starts right away in junior um, junior kindergarten. Um, but there are quite a few families who join me. I've got a virtual French kindergarten program that I made actually during COVID. <laughs> so when schools were shut down, I had all these participants um, who were so excited because they had been working so hard with their child um, to learn French. And I pre-COVID, I stopped my classes at age four because that's when they would go off to school. And my whole goal was like getting them all ready during those younger years and then sending them off to school. So I had people who had been with me since their their child was a, an infant. And they were like, yes, here we go. We've been practicing our French since he was a baby. Now we're gonna start school. Oh, schools are shut down. And they're like, <laughs> what up, Amy? What do we do? So, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm a kindergarten teacher now. Here we go. And so I actually, I had a, a huge group of families following me through a virtual French kindergarten program. Um, and it's like week by week by week. And I'm really, really proud of how it came to be. It's with all the video lessons, all the downloads, everything they could possibly need is ready to go. Um, but what's interesting now is that a lot of families from other school boards who don't have French prior to grade one are now using it because they get to have French immersion kindergarten. So that's been really cool to be able to help families with that program. Um, although it was originally intended just for my participants for um, the COVID years, uh, it turned into something much bigger and now even educators are using it because it's got everything they could possibly need and it's turned into something much bigger than I originally intended but the I find whenever there's a need and you can fill that need that's that's when you know like okay you were meant to you were meant to do that so I'm really really happy with how that turned out oh I love it and yeah all the oral language benefits of having a second like it's just amazing to give the gift of a second language to a young child and it makes me so happy to hear that like parents want to be so involved in it and so part of that process because as an adult I know it is hard to learn another language but even just being a part of it with your child it builds that connection for them that importance that importance that's placed in the language because oh if my parents are doing it with me, with me it like it does bring that to the table as well Exactly. And that's the whole, the whole other side of that my real goal was to be that connection for parents between parents and school, because often parents, they know they want to raise bilingual children, they want them to learn French, they send them to school, but then they feel so disconnected from what it is that they're learning. And then especially if they feel like they're worried about their child struggling and they, they don't have the tools or they don't have the confidence to be able to help them, I wanted to be able to be that bridge between um, parents sending their child off to school so that they can still feel like they have that, that ability to support them in their French learning. Um, 
at least for those first few years when it when it is you know they're being introduced to it for the first time in school and then parents can feel like oh but they'll have all of these fun memories having learned these words these songs these activities with me and so um that's kind of my whole my whole goal is to make confident learners um so that they have all of these positive experiences backing them up so that when they go to school and they hear these words they're not new to them they've already heard them um and not only that not only have they heard them but they have these fun memories with their parents and so it makes them that much more likely to enjoy the language that much more likely to not refuse the new language and uh and just feel good about themselves Yeah, the word that came to mind was like, it's so empowering for the parents and for the children themselves that are learning this language. It gives them like this power to be involved in ways that they might not be able to be during like, quote unquote, regular school days. Yeah. And I know that we talk often about this in kindergarten where kindergarten is like the gateway into the rest of this the child's like career and education and parent involvement is at its highest in kindergarten and if you don't get them then then it the parental involvement kind of decreases over the years but if you can get them really involved in kindergarten it's it seems to help keep them involved over the years so you're even making sure that you know this parental involvement goes way beyond kindergarten because they're feeling empowered to be a part of that learning journey with their children Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Empowering parents and empowering children too. And then also I find that um, the the teachers knowing that the parents are willing to be that involved and, and be that supportive is really helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when parents like, oh, I was trying, you sent home this song or this activity and we tried it with my child and they really loved it. And I'm like, oh, thank you for like, you know, that homeschool connection and continuing that learning at home and all that you love hearing about those kinds of things as well. So it's great from the yes. edge as well. Yeah. And taking the French learning outside of the school is huge. Mm -hmm. That's, that's one of my biggest tips for parents who have children in French immersion is that you can support them so much by showing them that it's not only useful at school. If you use it at home or you show them other ways to be able to use the French language, then their brains go, oh, okay, this, what I'm learning is really useful. And it's, you know, just a means of communication rather than just a school subject. I find that that's really important for them to like build that connection. Yeah. It's not just work. It's like it's part of your daily life, which is also super important for these students. Um, you did mention also as well um, about teaching through music. And I I love singing random songs to my students. I just break out in song all day long at school. It has I've, there's no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> it's just <That's> amazing. <laughs> yeah, just me randomly singing songs. Um, but you say that you teach um, using music. So you must be a lot more intentional than I am with the music <laughs> that you're teaching your students um, rather than you just like making up songs throughout the day. You know what though? That's where everything comes from for me is like, I'll be going about my day with my little one and I'll be like thinking of a tune. Oh, that's a good tune. And then I'll, I'll write it down and come up with like a subject I can add to that tune. So, hey, you're in a, you're in a good course there for using your music. Um, with Ernetoi Petit Pas, for Ernetoi Petit Pas, when I first started, I knew how important music was, um, especially for young children to be able to learn 
There's a lot of repetition. Obviously, it's very fun for them. Um, but the funny thing is with the French language, a lot of the tunes you look up, like the classical French songs for children, they aren't very helpful in terms of vocabulary building. <laughs> um, but you know what? It's the same as English. Honestly, I do find like if you think of like rock by baby on the treetop, like first of all, who made that song up? It's ridiculous. But also, um, there's not so much language learning like um so le pont d'avignon on y danse like sure on y danse but like otherwise how much french vocabulary are you getting out of that so um i had to make up a lot of my songs and that is kind of where i started with un trois petits pas actually was um i started a little tune in my head and it was un, deux, trois, petit pas. and i was picturing like okay these little kids taking little steps and then um i came up with a song very jaune that was a really big hit and i just kind of built on from there um but that said uh there i do have two albums if anybody's interested they're on my website um, I know a lot of teachers have been using them because for the same reason, um, they have been struggling to find music that's like actually helping little ones to build their vocabulary. So I've got songs about um, colors, um, vowels and kind of blending action songs, whatnot, things that will actually be useful for them. Um, but the reason that I wanted to make these songs was because in songs, you are not just learning um you know your basic vocabulary you're also it's so much easier for you to remember things like if you think back to school and you think about i don't know a subject or something you worked really hard on you maybe wrote an essay on or you studied really hard for a history exam you had to remember all these names and whatever can you remember any of them likely not right <laughs> but if i were to start singing a song from your childhood or from you know us a, a popular tune that you listen to in high school likely your brain will remember almost all of the words if not all of the words mm -hmm. and so it's just it sticks so much better and so i find that if i can find songs and tunes that teach them about opposites or teach them you know proper phrasing and they can have it, a little tune to it they remember it that much more yeah but the funny thing is, not only the kids, but the adults as well. So that's something that I really, it, it kind of angers me that if you look at how we go about teaching, we use all of these awesome tools like music and movement and games, and we make it so fun for young kids. And then as we age, we just go, ah, we don't need any of that anymore. And we bring out the textbooks and like, get rid of music we don't need to learn through that but it would help so much more if if we did oh 100 percent. right like it it's not like all of a sudden our brains stop working that way like no no we just decided well we're too old for that technique so we're just gonna get rid of it but actually i find that the parents in my classes they actually learn so much more because i'm going back and i'm reverting back to those really helpful tools that we used to learn um as a child um so yeah so with music and introducing it to children as it, well you know as soon as you start to sing you get their attention right all of, all of a sudden they're like oh what's she saying yeah. right so 
you get their attention. It's engaging. Obviously, you can usually do like actions to make, involve movement within those songs, but you could use music um, for transitions. So something that I like to do is, um, you know, we always have like a welcome song in the beginning. And then if we need to tidy up, we'll have a song, c'est l'heure de ranger. And as soon as they hear it, they are much less likely to refuse than if you go, it's time to tidy up, right? If you start to sing a little tune instead, and then everybody just knows, oh, this is our routine, here we go, they're that much more likely to actually follow and do that. Mm -hmm. And same thing with like lining up, you can have a lineup song. Um, you know, when it's time to say goodbye, au revoir, we have an au revoir song. And I just find that transitions are so hard for children, but music can really, really help with that. Yeah, I love just breaking out in random song throughout the day. I need to start writing down all the random songs that I sing because I like <laughs> immediately sing them and then I freak. I was like, oh, that was a good one. This happened to me the other day. I was like, oh, that was a really good one. They really sat down nicely. And I'm like, what did I just sing? Like, I can't even remember anymore. And um, I'm an early childhood educator and I work with my teaching partner. And I told her at the beginning of the of the school year, I was like, um, just so you know, like I break out into random song all the time. She's like, that's great. And I'm like, okay, so just don't judge me. And uh, yeah, for transition times to get them ready, I use it even if they're getting a little squirrely at our learning spot. Like if they we're doing a whole group lesson, they start getting squirrely. I kind of just press pause and we might do like a breathing song or something like it just seems to like bring them into like a zone of like, oh, I can listen to this. Like this is something that I don't know. I don't know if it activates a different area of their brain or what it does, but it just kind of seems to like bring them back to, yeah. to learn. Well, the, the cool thing is that they get to practice speaking and they get to practice repetition and everybody gets to talk at the same time but because they're 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 singing it they get to all kind of speak together at the same time and so i think that's the thing that's so cool about music is um you get to have all of the children practicing the same things and saying them out loud at the same time so there's that because obviously children they love to talk so you're giving them an opportunity to make noise um but then you're they're following your lead um children love they they are born learners right they love to learn so when they're really really young and they hear you singing a little tune they want to be able to sing along with you and so it's just such an encouraging way um for for young children and for everybody like i said for everybody to learn mm -hmm. um i i got a lot of educators saying like oh they're nervous to sing or they're just, they don't like to sing in front of people. I don't know if you were ever like that. I feel like I was like that maybe at the beginning, but now I'm just not like that at all. But do you have any advice for anybody who's like that? Or do you have any, yes. they're a little bit more hesitant to join in singing? Absolutely. So the hilarious thing is uh, when I was a teacher in a classroom before Under Trois Petits Pas, I didn't sing at all, which is crazy because I'm like, what was I doing? Um, I could have been doing this all along, but I was too, I was too nervous. So I've been there. I've totally been there. And the only piece of advice that I have for you is literally nobody else cares. It is <laughs> all in your, it's yeah. all in your head. The kids so, love it. They don't know exactly. whether you're a good singer or not. They don't care at all. No. So as soon as you can wrap your head around the fact that you're the only one who cares how you sound, yeah. 
then you're good to go. So honestly, just do it. Force yourself to do it. Um, if it's more comfortable for you, play a tune so that you're singing along with a tune. Um, that's I know that that is the case, but then you will see like it'll get easier for you to just do it instead of having to turn on that tune every time. Mm -hmm. But if it makes you more comfortable to learn the song with using a tune, then the children learn the tune then you're never singing alone because they're always singing with you because they already know it. So I guess that's that's my advice really is if you are too nervous, A, forget about it, but B, alternative, <laughs> <laughs> listen to one, they'll learn it, and then you'll never be singing alone. They'll sing with you. Yeah, I um, our one of our first days of school was our, or we had a new principal and one of our kids was having a really hard time transitioning into the school day. So he was in the room helping and I sing a good morning train song with all my students every morning. And so obviously the principal who's brand new to the school haven't really worked with him. He start he's in the room and I'm like, well, I guess this is happening. I'm singing in front of an audience today. <laughs> oh my God. But like, honestly, he nobody cares like you're no. just transitioning your kids like to that to principal to teaching partners to anybody who's in the room like it's just you're doing part of your day it's not um they're not judging they don't care if, exactly. if they do care that's a them problem it's not a me problem <laughs> so that's no. my that's my thing yeah no it's funny because I was I was so nervous like years and years and years ago and here I am like <laughs> in front of parents now like <laughs> and recording it and putting it and out recording <laughs> it like what it's just yeah. crazy if I could send a video of myself to my past self she'd be like what are you doing <laughs> I recorded a reel of myself singing for Instagram and then I was like am I really putting this out on the internet I'm like okay just do it just do it and I was like yeah even a few years ago that would have been no chance of doing something like that but it's just becoming so part of the day and it engages the children so much and I feel like it it really does help them learn things, but also helps them regulate what they're yeah. themselves. And like, it just has so many benefits. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast episode. I feel like I could talk to you about all of these, this stuff for like ever. Cause I love all of these subjects, but I really want I to know. I, and you've like touched on different things and I'm like oh my gosh I have to hold back here there's so many tangents we could go off of here yeah this could be like a whole podcast series on each one of the different topics <laughs> I was thinking about um second language learners and how important even the voc like how the transition from the vocabulary from the first language can come into the second language and all the benefits of that like I was just thinking of so many other things I'm like oh my gosh I could go on I'll, I'll come back whenever you want <laughs> um I want to thank you so much for joining me and to everybody that's listening make sure you go visit Amy at and are you on Instagram where are you yes. Where can they find Instagram you? is the best place to find me I'm also on Facebook um but yeah instagram send me a dm if you'd like to say bonjour i'm happy to help um if you're an educator if you're a parent um all things about fun french learning awesome i will link everything in the show notes as well so everybody will be able to find you and i highly suggest going to see your awesome instagram feed because i loved looking at it i was like scrolling through it i was like oh this is so nice and you had some Aww. great ideas on there so it was really good so thank uh, you so much for coming on. And yeah, we'll definitely have to chat more about all these amazing subjects. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. Thank you.